Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to go a little quickly this morning, so you can handle it, right? Turn and tell somebody it's a good day. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to be talking today about the devil. The devil. Okay. This is the reason why I said this week has been odd. Because normally I don't, you know, think too much about the devil or talk too much about the devil. But how would it be, how would it be if someone was to uh, bring you into their military and train you up and never tell you who the enemy was? Being sent out onto a battlefield and never knowing what to look for. That would be kind of tough, wouldn't it? Well, God didn't leave us without knowing who our enemy is, the devil. In fact, Peter, the apostle Peter, writes to us in the fifth chapter in verse 8, says this, Be sober. Oh, we could leave with that one right there, right? So be sober. <laughs> Sobriety. Think straight. Be clear in your mind. You know, don't be confused. Be sober. Be vigilant. Stay on watch. Stay on guard. Keep your eyes open. Think clear. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do you know this word devour means to consume? It actually literally also means to drink down. I mean, to just go ahead and guzzle it down. To consume or to be consumed and to be devoured, to be wasted away, to completely, you know, uh, be devoured. You know, like you sit down at a, at a meal, you know, and you're really, really hungry and you devour it, you consume it, you know, and, and, and you're really, really thirsty. You take a big glass of water and you, and, you, and, you, and you down it, you know, that's what it means. He wants to do that. He wants to completely consume you, devour you, waste you away so that there's no nothing left of you. That's your enemy, the devil. The devil is a loud voice in your life, believe it or not. That's one of the reasons why we don't follow loud voices. We don't follow the loudest voice. We don't follow the first voice. Okay? We don't follow the collective voices. We have to be very watchful because he's like a roaring lion. He will show up quickly and he'll be loud. And if you're used to following loud voices or first, you know, first voices or, or, or even, you know, a, a crowd, then you could quickly find yourself following the wrong one. He's like a roaring lion. He's a loud voice in your life, but he wants to consume you. He wants to control you and ultimately wants to bring you to complete destruction. Sobriety and vigilance are our best weapons against this adversary. Before we go any further, let me establish three truths about the devil. Number one, the devil's real, okay? It's true. He's not some, you know, fictitious character, not, uh, you know, some cartoon. He, he is real. There is a real, literal devil. There is a devil, de-evil, D-E-V-I-L. He is the evil. He is the devil. And he is real. Number two, the devil hates you. Okay? It is true. The devil hates you. He's your enemy. God calls him your enemy, your adversary. The one that fights 
you, the one that hates you, the one that does not want you to succeed. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. He hates you. He hates you because it's his nature to hate. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a hater. He hates you. And number three, the devil cannot devour you unless you let him. That's the truth about the devil. He's like a roaring lion, but he doesn't have any teeth. Okay? He just sounds loud. The best he can do is try to get somebody to help him. You know, the devil cannot divide the devil cannot devour, and the devil cannot destroy. Whether it's a family, a church, a business, a community, a nation, your peace, your joy, the devil cannot divide, destroy, or devour a classroom or a workplace or anything else unless he first can find at least one person to work with him. He's got to find somebody to work with him. How in the world does the devil find somebody to work with him? Well, number one, he will either trick them or number two, treat them. Trick or treat. Okay? He will trick you into working for him and you, he'll, he'll never put his name on it or else he will treat you. He will offer you something. You know? For some of you, he will get you to do his handiwork. He will get you to lie and cheat and steal for $12 on your income tax. Hello? Woo, I'm hitting you now, aren't I? That's the devil's work, lying, cheating, stealing. It's not God's work, that's the devil's work. Anytime you think you can get something by lying, cheating, or stealing, if you have to lie to get it, don't. Why? Because that's the devil's work. He's tricking you or he's treating you, trying to get you into a place where he can consume you. He's setting you up. He's doing his best to get you into a place of compromise where he can pull that trap and he's got you. Do you know how many people are in prison today from cheating on their income tax? I'm picking on that. I'm not a tax collector, but you understand, okay? Now, this bears asking the question, why in the world would anybody work for the devil? Why in the world would anybody work to destroy their own life? Why would anyone work to destroy their own life or their family or their friendships or their nation? That is the question of the lifetime. Well, it's my hope that the people who are working for the devil, I believe, in fact, most of the people that are working for the devil don't even know it. They're unaware of it. They're not wicked. They're just being tricked. They're just being deceived. You see, for us, for humans, we are in the balance. There is a war going on that was going on before us, and we have found ourselves in the middle as pawns, as, 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 as something to be gained. There was a war going on between God and the devil and when God created mankind and put him in the garden, the devil wanted to rob God of the relationships that God was trying to build. He wants to rob you of relationships as well. Why? Because he's a thief. And that's what thieves do. It's very plain and simple. Thankfully, 
God gave us a way that we can look at ourselves, examine ourselves, and make sure that we are not being tricked. Now, you know if you're being treated, okay? You know if you're getting some reward for lying, cheating, stealing, compromising, okay? For being, you know, complainers or murmuring or, you know, full of anger and wrath. And, you know, you know if you're getting some personal reward because you're, you know, being vengeful or, you know, you're unforgiving because it makes you feel better. You understand if you're doing something that makes you feel better. But sometimes people don't even understand that they're going through life literally helping the devil accomplish his plan. So God gave us some word that we could look at right in the very next chapter, which goes out of 1 Peter into 2 Peter. 1 Peter 5 ends, in, he's telling us be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion looking for people that he can consume looking for people that he can completely take over, looking for people that he can ultimately devour and destroy their lives. We get into 2 Peter in chapter 1. Now remember, the devil's real, the devil hates you, but he cannot devour you unless you let him. In 2 Peter 1, verse 5, For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Stumble means to fall into misery and to become wretched. Have you ever stumbled? Have you ever come to the place in life where you were walking along and things were going okay and then something happened, horrible, traumatic, maybe you caused it, maybe somebody else did, and you wake up to the fact that you are miserable. I am miserable in this situation. I am miserable, so miserable that I feel as though that there's nothing I can do. I am going to have to just absolutely exit this because I can no longer put up with this misery. You see, that's where the devil wants to bring us, to a place to where we are just in misery. He wants to set us up. He wants to trick us. He wants to treat us and get us down the road to a point to where we're so far away from God and we didn't realize it, but we're, 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 we're just in a place to where he can pull the cover back and all of a sudden it leaves us wretched and naked and blind and miserable. Does that paint any pictures for anybody? That's, that's the devil's hope. That's what he wants to do. That's why we need to be ready. You know, as I said, not just willing, but we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. You see, each born-again believer, each one of us holds a personal responsibility for our own Christian growth. You have been born again, you have been saved, but if that's where it stops, you're going to be tricked in life. You're going to be deceived in life. If you do not add some things to your initial born-again experience, but, but the responsibility for Christian growth sits upon every individual. No one else is responsible for you growing as a Christian. No one else is responsible to mature you. Okay? You are. 
Each born-again believer has a personal responsibility. Every believer in Jesus Christ has a duty to examine their attitudes, to examine their actions. Listen, saints. We should be checking ourselves. The word that is preached, the word that is read, the song that is heard that deposits God's principles in our minds, it's meant to affect us. This word is for you today. It's not for someone that, you, that, that, that you're imagining you wish they were here to hear it. But it's about you today. We must apply this to ourselves we have a duty to examine our attitudes and our actions and to hold ourselves accountable to higher standards of conduct. We have a responsibility to make sure that we're not working for the devil. Not just because we belong to Christ, but because it's right and it's best. Here's what he said. Add to your faith. We need to, first of all, have faith in God. But we need to add to our faith virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is a moral excellence. We need to be people who are moral. Morals still exist in the year 2019, even in the United States of America. There is a right, there is a wrong. The devil will trick you and he will treat you trying to get you to be immoral. Trying to get you to do things that are immoral. You know what immor immorality is? I'm going to trust that you do, you know. And if he cannot get you to be immoral, he will try to get you to be just mostly moral. Hello? Hey, this is some good stuff. I know we're going quick, but, you know, examine your attitude. Examine your actions. Don't be tricked or, or, or treated into compromising your moralities. Why work alongside the devil? You're working for your own destruction if you do. You'll end up miserable and wretched. A born-again believer, miserable and wretched because you compromise your morals. Don't. You'll just fall into misery. Add to your virtue knowledge. We all need to grow in the knowledge of Christ. Add to your knowledge some self-control. Come on now. Examine our attitudes and our actions. We're responsible for growing ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. You don't want somebody else to come along and examine your patience. You want to examine your own patience. Examine yourselves, the Bible says. Judge yourselves and you won't have to be judged. We need to make sure that we also have some perseverance, that we don't quit at the first hardship. That... We're not just going along, trusting God, and all of a sudden something happens that we didn't uh, expect, and so we just throw in the towel and quit. We need to also have godliness, add to our perseverance, godliness. You know, there are some things that are just ungodly. Well, st stop participating. <laughs> Hello, I know this is quick. I don't mean to slap you in the face, but you're the only one that can do that for yourself. It's your responsibility to grow as a Christian. It's your responsibility. Now, you can work with the devil, and you may not even know it. He may not have his name on it. You can do it for a treat, or you can do it because you're deceived and don't realize it. But you should realize it because God said you need to be godly. Godliness includes holiness. It includes purity. It includes the fact that there are some things, some conduct that we do not engage in because it's ungodly. It's immoral. Hey, thanks. Somebody say glory. glory. All right.
Add to your godliness brotherly kindness. What does that mean? That means that, that we should have a common affection for people who are born again. We should have this affection. You should feel like you love other Christians. Yeah. And on top of that, we should have a love for everyone. Everyone. Well, we can easily ask ourselves if these things are in us. And the Bible says that if they are and if they abound, that means that, that if these things, if we would work on these things, if we would just simply ask ourselves a question, am I patient? Am I, uh, you know, do, do I persevere? Am I godly or am I ungodly? Is this a godly thing? Am I moral or immoral? What is this? What am I doing? And if we would correct ourselves, we would not have to be corrected. And if we would allow these things to grow, in our life and abound, then the Bible says that we would never stumble, we would never end up wretched and miserable. Boy, if that was your greatest goal in life, that'd be a good life, wouldn't it? I don't ever want to be miserable. You know, never want to find myself where I don't even like myself. We do that because we challenge ourselves to love others. We challenge ourselves to be kind. We challenge ourselves to be patient. We challenge ourselves to be moral. We challenge ourselves. And, 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 and if we need help, we get help so that we are not tricked and treated. I'll be closing with what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8 again. Be sober. Be vigilant. What does that mean? That means... Keep your eyes open, be aware, and don't be stupid. Be sober. Stop being confused. Be sober. Stop thinking like you're inebriated. Okay? Be sober. Be vigilant, be on guard because there is an enemy, a real enemy that hates you and wants to take you out and he is walking around looking. He's just looking around for people that he can confuse and consume and bring them into misery. Verse 9, resist him. Boy, there's a good word. Boy, if you're having a temptation to commit adultery, resist it. If you're having a temptation to, you know, get drunk, resist it. If you're having a temptation to be all angry and say defaming and, 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 and uh, you know, scandalous things about someone else, resist it. Let no evil proceed forth out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it might minister grace to the hearers and not death. If you're having a temptation to gossip, why do you want to destroy your own life? Stop it. Resist it. It's the devil. Resist him. If you're having a temptation to steal, resist it. If you're losing control and you don't have self-control and you're being tempted to have road rage, pull over. Get out of your car and walk around a little bit. Resist the devil. Don't drive around in road rage. Resist. You are responsible for that. You're Christians. A light should be shining you. The devil is hunting the precious life. The Bible says that the devil is looking. He hates the righteous and he is looking for the precious life. He's doing whatever he can to destroy it because he wants your blood.
Wow. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing, realize something now, that everybody else you know is going through the very same things you're going through. Okay? You're nothing special. The devil hates everybody. And what you're feeling and what you're going through, everybody's going through. So take time to help somebody else too.